The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. And welcome back to Stretford Paddock. You are here for Edgar and Kelly podcast. This is where we give you an interview of a guest, three hot topics, a Q&A and our in defence. Angelina, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right on these mean Corona streets in Berlin. I'm, I'm doing my best. How are you? Uh, not bad. I am actually at home today and not in the studio because my little boy has had to go for a Corona test this morning. So we are all isolating so yeah, not great. Um, anyway, we will kick off with these hot topics. Our first hot topic is, should we still be hopeful in competing for top four or six? Given given the results at, uh, against Crystal Palace, Angelina, what do you think? You know what? My heart sank. Oh, did my heart sink. I was just gutted. I did not expect that. Um, and I knew that people had said, like, you know, with the Aston Villa game, Palace are better than Villa. Like, it's not going to be easy. I didn't necessarily expect it to be easy, but um, I did not expect it to be as embarrassing. I think that's the word, em- embarrassing. Um, yeah. And that made it very clear. When you look at some of the other results that other teams around us have got, um it made it very clear to me, and I hope that this is something that we can change, but it made it very clear to me that we are just light years away from other other clubs. And it was kind of like a bit of a, I don't know, a, a shock. And like it brought me back down to reality, really, because I yeah. think us finishing third, you think you're the third best team in the Premier League. However, we got there, you know, we still finished strong in that third position. So naturally, you expect that, I don't know. I, I don't know what I expected, but I just I didn't think it, it would have been that bad. I mean, I know obviously we can all look to signings and stuff. I think obviously the signing situation, of course, there's a lot of people to blame for that. You can't blame Ollie for the signing situation. But, you know, I think he has to take some of the blame that maybe tactically he got it wrong. And I think some of those players have to take, you know, a bit of blame. I mean, I know 
you know what, all clubs haven't had a proper pre-season, but, you know, it's been busy for us. You could see that that team was lagging at the end. Then certain players had, um, you know, bits of international duty and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's it's been a mad one. And I think for me, you could see that some of the players were struggling. I mean, it, it was just disappointing, I would say, that, you know, I, I didn't even realise at one point that Pogba was still on the pitch. Yeah, with Rashford and Martial, I think because we had so many of those kind of top tier players in our team that didn't show up. Yeah, all I can say is that I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad that they're not letting fans in. I don't know. Maybe the result would have been different, but yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I think I think we can't write this season off just for the first game of the season. As much as it was disappointing, the the team that was out, you know, our first starting 11 is strong enough to get in the top four it, it's just like what you said Angelina is it's um squad depth we need the squad depth because um injuries or tiredness we, we do need to swap out and I think that is where we're going to struggle again this season if we don't make any more signings again Ollie yeah maybe some technical technical I don't know what what the word is um technical technical um yeah Maybe a bit wrong, maybe with Pogba, because he was suffering for coronavirus. Um, I don't think he was match fit. So, you know, Van der Beek should have really replaced, rotated with Pogba on that. Um, Daniel James, I mean, like, I understand why he played Daniel James, because Mason Greenwood, he's had to be in isolation, coming back from... Um, Iceland and then he's had to train separately away from the team you know they haven't had time to gel their fitness hasn't been up to scratch they wasn't sharp um I'm just hoping that it all changes um this weekend and we get three points this weekend because I do not want to drop any more points yeah I mean I, I guess it's like what you said I mean you look at some of the other teams I mean obviously we're still not at the level of Liverpool and City um you know Chelsea I think um a colleague of mine put it very, very well. I think, um, you know, the likes of some of those those new Chelsea uh, players and the name has... No, it's come back to me. Kai Havertz, there you go. You know, Kai Havertz and Werner, they're very lucky, I think, that Kepper is as bad as he is and he's taking all the spotlight because otherwise, mm -hmm. if they had a really good goalkeeper, the spotlight would be on those players like, I've been not performed amazingly in these first two games, you know. Um, as much as I think Chelsea have made great signings, I think it is it is going to take a minute for that team to gel. It's not like they're going to be straight out the gate, you know, winning every game six nil and like blowing teams away. Um, Spurs again, yeah, they have made um, you know they have made some transfer moves as we've seen. Um, not. I'm not 100% convinced as much as I think that, you know, Kane, Bale, Son, you know, we saw Bale and Son, they were amazing um, the other week at the weekend, but I'm not 100% convinced by that team because we do know that Harry Kane will probably get injured and Gareth Bale will probably get injured. Um, and do they have the same kind of quality players in their squad to maybe replace them? Probably not. Um, Arsenal again, not one hundred percent convinced yet. So I think a lot of these teams, as much as um, as much as they're doing well um, and maybe better than us at the moment, I, I agree with you. Nothing's set in stone yet, and these teams will slip up. Maybe we've just had our slip up first game yeah. of this season. Who knows? We've done it before. I mean, it's a far cry from the four nil against Chelsea from the season. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 
we move, we, you know, like you say, we'll, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Um, but yeah, we'll, we will see. I mean, going on to our um, second hot topic, transfers, it's transfers galore. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of everybody's names. Um, I mean, one thing I wanted to talk about was, let's consider that, you know, the Sancho thing is not happening. Uh, which makes me sad but let's just say it's not happening obviously we didn't get regular and apparently there was some rumor that he never even wanted to come to United but you know what whatever didn't even not even bothered anyway see ya (laughs) um obviously we've got Alex Tellers um who's an option I'm just gonna like I've got a little list of names here that I have seen flying around and I thought we'd chat about them and get your thoughts on them as well so some of these names some of them are great some of them I'm a little bit looking sideways at so yeah. the first one is Usman Dembele, who plays for Barcelona. Obviously, a very good player could be the option if we do not get Jaden Sancho. You know, has a lot of injuries. Um, I mean, with our the with um, our interview in the podcast, we will talk about this a little bit more as well. But what what do you think about if we did sign him? Do you know what? I would literally love to have Dembele at Old Trafford. He's got a good eye for goal. Um, he's got pace. He's his, his shooting ability from distance is amazing. Um, he's he's got both feet, which is a bonus. Definitely a, a bonus. Um, he's great on the counter attack. The only worrying thing is his injury history. Um, um, that that's the only issue. Injury prone. But apart from that, I would absolutely love him. Same. I, I think that would be a really, a really good move. Like you say, you never know with injuries, but I just think at the moment with all the drama that's going on at Barcelona, it would be a very good, uh, a very good move if we could get him. Um, you know, normally somebody moving from Barcelona to Manchester United at the moment, people would normally think, why would you want to move Barcelona? You know, is the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? Not necessarily the case anymore. Um, yeah. Although he could be thinking, you know, we've got one more year of Messi and then, you know, the fight for top dog, maybe I could I could win that. I don't know what he's maybe thinking. But yeah, I agree. I think that would be a good one. Um, obviously, I mentioned Alex Tellers. Obviously, we did not get Regulon. This seems to have a bit of, you know, it seems to have legs, this transfer. What, yeah. what do you reckon? I mean, like, why not? I've I've seen bits of him. He looks very, very good. What's he? Is he twenty seven? Yeah. No. You know what? I think it'd be great. We do need um, another left back. Let's be honest. You know, sure. Um, we need that kind of rotation for him. I think Brandon Williams will go over to right back. I think he'd probably suit better at right back as well, Williams. So mm. I definitely would take him. I think it would would improve our, our back line a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, like you say, no disrespect to um, to Fossi Mensa, but it's not on the same level as Wambasaka. So I guess maybe if you did have somebody like Brandon Williams that could fill in, that would be very good. And then, like you say, you have that Ashore and Tellers on that left as well. That would be good. Another name, um, a, a name that I've never really given much thought to probably until the beginning of this season, Um Dominic Calvert-Lewin, obviously, at Ooh. Everton, who has been on fire as of late. Um, oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, that would... Be, I mean, I personally can't necessarily see this one happening just because I think... Not that it's a whole, like, 
he'd rather stay at Everton than Manchester United or whatever because at the end of the day, Manchester United is more of a prestigious club. Um, yeah, they've got Ancelotti and everything, but I, I think it's more, maybe it is to do with Ancelotti, but I think they seem to be building something. Um, and in the next season or two, this could see Everton be involved, not going to say be involved in the top four, but maybe be involved to be getting a Europa League place or being involved in something like the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup, you know, going the distance and, you know, building a little bit of momentum for a club that, um, you know, have been, you know, they've they've had a bit of, not even bad luck, they've just had a bit of a mare um, over the last couple of years. Um, you, you know, so I'd, I'd like it, but I can't. I can't see him moving. Do you know what? For me, oh, he is so good with his head. Like, we need that as well. We don't really score that many goals with our head. Like, you know, Martial does. We, we got Maguire for that, for on the corners, and he hasn't yeah. done I think he's done that once. You yeah. know, we need, we need some nice head goals. And he is absolutely amazing with his head. He's strong. His hold-up play is amazing. I would love him at uh, Manchester United but like you said I don't think it will happen mm. um another name um again if I say this wrong um is is Malasar is Maliasar sorry for right. saying what, yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so apparently Liverpool were looking at him obviously that's not happening anymore so I think people are automatically like oh Liverpool wanted him so he's good enough for United um I not taking away from the fact that he's clearly a very talented player for Liverpool to be interested. They must have seen something. I'm sure Manchester United have had their eye on him as well. But I think, and again, this is something that we talk about in our interview. But I think for me, I if we're not getting Sancho on that right wing, I don't want. Yeah, like if we're going to end up getting him next season, which is what I think will happen. We might have to, I'm not going to say slum it with Dan James and Greenwood, because I think Greenwood, I'm really hoping, has a fantastic season. And maybe Dan James, you know, can come good. I know people weren't impressed, but, you know, he did show moments of greatness last season, so you never know. Um, I don't want, like, and again, no disrespect to Saar, but I don't want, like, a second-rate kind of, well, you could have had Sancho, you didn't get Sancho, so you've got this, like, this other guy who's really not as good but you need someone. So you've signed him for four years. So, yeah, sweet. I don't know. Right with me. Do do you know, I've seen comments comparing him to Daniel James. They're just saying, look, if he comes to Manchester United, he is literally just going to be another Dan James, which is just a squad player. Um, Mm. So I echo you, if we're not getting Sancho, then no disrespect, but let's not go for Saar. You know, if he is just going to be a squad player, we need to improve our first team. That's, that's, priority we need to improve our first team to move forward um so yeah I echo everything you said there Angelina yeah um another name that surprised me uh Sammy Kadira um so I mean that's yeah yeah I mean that for me I think his name is being flung about all over the show at the moment um I can't see him going from Syria to the Premier League at his age. And, I, mm. I, yeah, I, I can. Um, great player. He's, you know, achieved some great things. But um, I'm seeing more towards the MLS retirement home. Um, I don't think that he's 
got the legs maybe to make a big impact yeah. in the Premier League. And if we are, I think it kind of goes against everything that Ollie's talking about, about getting young players. But if we did, you know, like a bit of a Zlatan situation where you get someone in who is a little bit older and experienced just for a season or two. Just for a, a load, yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. But I don't think somebody like Zlatan had the impact to do that. I don't think Kadira's got that impact anymore. So I'm not no. sure about no, I, I agree with that one of you. Mm. Um, and then I'll go with um, one more name that I saw. Um, Felipe Coutinho. Obviously, Liverpool's uh, number one guy at one point. Over to Barcelona. Didn't really work out. Went on loan to Bayern for a while, obviously. Because mm-hmm. he won the Champions League with them or whatever. Obviously, a lot of questions about Barcelona and if him and you know the likes of Griezmann, etc., will be staying. Could you mm. see him at Manchester United? I don't know. You know, I just can't see it happening. That one, I just can't see developing into something at all. No, I mean he was rumored to be going to Newcastle. I think at one point. Um, I just think that kind of role on the pitch, I mean, I think we've got players like Fernandez. we've obviously got hopefully Marshall that's going to be scoring goals and stuff. I just think that kind of position where he sits, I think he's pretty much filled, to be honest. But yeah, those were a few names that, that yeah, I... Can I, can I just chuck one more name at you, Angelina? Yeah. yeah. Um, Ansu Fati, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, yeah, yeah. Yeah. left winger. Yeah, 17 years old, and my goodness, what yeah. a player he is! He's definitely one for the future. Um, you know, he's he's strong. And um, the only criticism I do have is maybe you need to work on his strength, but other than that, yeah. I think he's going to be world class. Mm. So, I would love to see him um, come yeah. to Manchester United. He's young, great, talented, skillful. Yeah, I mean, his name has been in the mix as well. I think the only thing with that is that I don't think Barcelona are going to let him go. I think he is their next Messi in the sense of the next star, the next young star that's going to come through. And they are going to dig their claws so deep into that lad. He ain't getting nowhere. Um, I think maybe... Not necessarily to United, but to somewhere. You never know. I guess it depends what happens with Barcelona. I mean, he is young. Maybe in a couple of seasons, if he achieves what he wants to with Barcelona, maybe he would want a trip to the Premier League and Mm -hmm. would 100% be interested in him if he continues as he has done. Um, But yeah, I I agree. Fantastic player. But I think Barcelona definitely will tie him for the new camp. Fearless and confident. Um, mm. Going into our next hot topic, um, Brighton a preview for this weekend. Angelina, what are you hoping for? Something that's not embarrassing. Something <laughs> smile. I mean, we could even talk, you know, about the the Luton game. Um, it was, yeah, we got a win, but it wasn't what I expected to see um, against a side you know, that we should be beaten by a lot more than, you know, one goal hanging on and then we have to bring on some of our best players to get two more goals. Do you know what I mean? So with with Brighton, um, I think they, they lost, was it they lost their opener to Chelsea, was it? Three? And then 3-1, three, three, they, they won last weekend to Newcastle 3-0. Yeah, 3-0, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I mean, I'm, they've made some really good signings. I mean, I know they got Lalana from Liverpool, who I thought slots in really well with them. And then another guy from Ajax, I think, yeah, Beltman. Beltman mm. from Ajax as well. So for, for Brighton, I think they've, they've made some good signings. Um, they are, again, a, a bit of a bit of like a bit like a crystal palace in a way in that it could go one of two ways it could go that they could they've got the confidence obviously i think they are playing as we are recording um i think they are playing um in the uh, in their cup game we'll see what happens but you know if they've got a cup win under the belt three nil against newcastle um you know they're going to be probably a lot more Palace do it, which is a team that you could argue, you know, I guess kind of similar playing field to an extent. You could argue that, I guess, but um, in the in the table and the performances and stuff. So you could, why why can't they do it? Do what Palace did. Um, I would really like to think that Manchester United will fix up and look a lot sharper. Um, uh, yeah, I I would. Um, I'd be interested to see who is paired with Maguire. Um, I would like to see Eric Bailly again. Um, I could chat all day about the Lindelof Maguire debate. What team I'm on, blah blah blah. But I just think it would be nice for Bailly to get a bit of a chance to not be injured. Um, I've always I've always liked him. So yeah. Um, mm. I'd like to see Wan Bissaka again, because um, he's like my fave. And I would like to see Martial take the game a little bit by the scruff of the neck and for him to get a couple of goals. But I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, as optimistic as I possibly can. I just hope we don't slip up again because it's just going to be a nightmare. Now, uh, Brighton, you know, they're quite solid this season. You know, mm. they change their formation quite a lot, which is great for them but not great for other teams because we don't know what formation yeah. they're going to play you know they're tactically flexible they're attacking and um, they're possession based um you know so i do think it's not going to be an easy game Manchester mm. United, i think we need to be a bit more clinical going forward defense like you said i think we need to sort that issue out hopefully Baye steps in next to maguire matic mm will be back well hopefully he will be back and I think yeah. we all can say we missed him against Crystal Palace we missed that protection in um, in front of the back line where he just sweeps the ball out he kind of gives other players options as well whenever teams are pressing he gives our players options mm. um, and I think we definitely definitely missed that um, against Crystal Palace Aaron Wambazaka that'll be another strength at the back line again we, we've missed him as well um, so yeah I, I'm hopeful. I'm going with a 2-1 prediction, I think. That's okay. what I'm going to go with, Be, being hopeful. Yeah. I want to be crazily confident um, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a nice 3-0 win. I would like to see yeah. if, De Gea, if De Gea starts. Again, this whole Henderson-De Gea thing, just because Henderson kept a clean sheet does not mean that De Gea is absolute trash and, and you know, Dean Henderson should play every single game until the end of time now. I think all of that is ridiculous. But whoever's in there, I don't really care because I'm not getting yeah. involved. Um, yeah. But it would be nice to have a clean sheet, especially for whoever is in that those defensive roles. Yeah, and I would like to see... I mean, in an ideal world, I'd love to see Marshall get a nice little hat-trick, but... 
the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows, as someone once said. So yeah. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, though. I am hopeful. Great. Mm. Uh, I think that rounds up our hot topics. Yeah. Um, get your comments in the comment section on all of our comments that we have talked about or the rumoured transfers we have spoke about, your prediction for the Brighton game, and we will reply to them in the comments. Yeah. So next up, we have got our interview. This one is a cracking one from The Athletic's Laurie Whitwell. Let's see what he's had to say about transfers, Solskjaer and that Luton game. Hello, Laurie. Thank you for joining me and Angelina. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, earlier this week, we seen Manchester United beat Luton Town. Man of the match, Matter said it was a, pro a professional performance. How well do you think the game went? For Juan Matter, I think it went well. I think we know what he can do. He's good in tight spaces. He's an intelligent footballer. So I think he came to the game and, and provided that kind of quality. It was a pretty difficult watch, I have to say, for the first sort of hour. Um, you know, I think Luton equipped themselves pretty well. And then when Solskjaer sent on the subs, you know, Bruno, Rashford and, and Greenwood, we saw what they can they can do. I mean, I think they really showed the, the qualities that they've got, the incisive attacks and, and two really good goals to finish it off. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I can agree that first hour was, um, I'll be honest, I, I was scrolling through Instagram at the same time. It was not entertaining. <laughs> it wasn't that arresting, was it, as a spectacle? No, it was not. Um, so, I mean, obviously it was great to see. I always say his name wrong. Everyone always hates on me for it. Uh, Van der Beek beat. Uh, Beek. Beek. There Beek we go. apparently is the right. I, I keep wanting to say Beek. Beek yeah. um, so, what have you made of him? Obviously, we've seen him for the last two games. He seems to be the only, uh, the only positive at the moment, to be honest. I've really enjoyed uh, watching him, actually. I know... Um... I suppose he didn't really expect to start against uh, Crystal Palace when you've got Bruno and Pogba that, that Solskjaer will prefer in that position. I think he'll alternate with them. I don't think we'll see all three of them too many times this season, but uh, he took his goal really well. Um, I mean, that's what he did for Ajax a lot of, a lot of the time. Arrived in the box late, really composed, sort of first-time finish. Uh, and then against Luton, I thought... I don't think he touched the ball that many times, I think 21 times, but um, the kind of occasions that he didn't touch the ball were almost as impressive, the step over for... Um, the cross that Mata um, had a shot on target and then also before the penalty, I think another sort of dummy. And he seems to have that intelligence around the box, that kind of appreciation of space. And he, he sort of sees the picture, I think, before he gets the ball. So he knows whether he can leave it or can take one touch and turn. Um, so I, I've liked watching him play so far. I think he'll be a really good addition for the team. Yeah, he's uh, He's been absolutely fantastic since he's came. Um, so we know that he is our first sign-in. How confident are you that we will get further signings? And what is your priority? A centre back, left back, right back? Um, <laughs> yeah, to be fair, you could, you could, well, two or three certainly. Uh, I think Solskjaer would, would quite like. Um, I think they will, they will do more signings um, before the end of the window. I'm still, you know, not giving up hope that James Sancho might join. Um, I know it's been the kind of uh, a bugbear of, uh, you know, for, for a lot of fans, sort of seeing this uh, drag out for so long, but. Um, and I know he's, he's doing well for Dortmund. I know he seems to be enjoying his football over there still. But I do, you know, the talk's still ongoing. And, yeah, October the 5th um, is the deadline. There's still plenty of time for United to sort of move late, as they have done with Maguire and Fernandez. Maybe uh, it's naivety on my part to think that way. But I do think they will um, sign another player. Alex Tellez is a, 
the left back that they're looking at. Um, so discussions haven't really advanced to a point of you know anything being imminent, but um, they are looking you know at that area of the pitch. I think if that happens, maybe Brandon Williams could move across to sort of compete with Aaron Wan-Bissaka for right back. Uh, and yeah, centre back is definitely a, a position that I think Solskjaer would like to strengthen. Um, but I don't think anything will happen this window just because he's got so many players that are already in that position that they they can't you know shift out. You've got Phil Jones, Marcus Rojo, um, Rick Bailey. Obviously played the other night. I thought he did quite well. I thought that was that could be an interesting partnership with Harry Maguire um, with Victor Lindelof. For me, looking a little bit weak. Uh, Axel Twanzebe has been injured, but he's a really you know a player that has high hopes at United. Um, so there's lots of play, and Chris Smalling's obviously in touch with Roma, so he he could go to be fair before the end of the window, and that might sort of grease something else uh, as an incoming. Mm. Um, I mean, a lot of people are now just suggesting that United should sign any players in the position. <laughs> yeah. that we need. You know, where we thought we would be seeing Sancho and Regulon, people are now looking at Star Tellers, like you mentioned. Um, what do you think about these two arriving as? I'm not going to, I wouldn't say second best, but maybe other, other alternatives. Alternatives, yeah. Well, United always say they've got, you know, plenty of other options that they looked at. I mean, um, Sarah is one that has been mentioned. I, I sort of checked out. Apparently that's not, you know, one that's got uh, substance to it in this particular window. Um, but you, you, there's so many names, haven't there? In fact, right wing position and, and United do. Yeah, they will be looking at alternatives. You know, even if it's a sort of stopgap for a year, I, I can see that being a, a, a sort of a worthwhile endeavour because it at least would alleviate the pressure on Mason Greenwood perhaps to, to perform all the time on the right wing, or you know, Dan James could maybe then switch over to the left, which is really his preferred position, um, and sort of be a, a, a sort of alternative to, to uh, Marcus Rashford. I think ultimately, if United are going to make a, a proper signing with you know, significant amount amount of money, it should be someone that they want for the long term, which I think Solskjaer, to be fair, since he's come in, they've all been that way. I know Igalo perhaps didn't quite fit that um sort of mode, but he was, you know, on loan, is on loan. It's it's not a great cost really. I know his wages are, are quite uh, significant, but they're not you know, as as a in terms of a, a striker, it's it's not a great deal of money. So whereas all the other players have been, you know, 23, 24 young that can progress and improve. Um, so I think that's what they will do if they're going to actually spend any significant kind of money in this window. Mm, I agree. Um, one name that has been thrown around in the transfer gossip is Dembele from Barcelona. For me, I would love to see Dembele at Old Trafford. He's got an eye for goal. He's a quality player, but his injuries do concern me. Could you ever see Dembele at Manchester United? And do you think he'll be a better option than Sancho? Um, it's it's one that they have looked at. Um, they, um, you know, he's obviously available from Barcelona. It would be a significant amount of money, I think, though, to to sort of do it certainly on a permanent basis. So I think discussions have been very, um, you know, minimal on that, on that basis. I don't think they've advanced to, to any great degree. I think it's sort of been a case of sounding out what it might take um, to get him at the club. But there are people that would sort of echo your view, really, that he's a quality player. He's obviously shown at Dortmund that he could do it. It's not worked out for him at Barcelona and the injuries have had an effect. But, you know, could you have some untapped potential there, you know, possibly? But, um, yeah, I don't think, again, I don't, the words I'm getting are that it won't be one that's advanced this window. Hmm. Mm, sad one, that. I was really... I was, <laughs> Sorry, I was, do, do you like him? Yeah, mm. I the injuries. Um I mean, another name that I've seen floating about that I had to do a bit of a double take, I'll, I'll be honest, and it's a name that you've mentioned in one of your articles, um, Mr Joshua King, who obviously oh, yeah. has um, 
a very long history with the club. Um, the deal seems, I think, pretty stagnant at the moment, not, not like it's anything is pending, really. Um, could you see him making a return to Old Trafford if United maybe start looking at forwards? I guess that will depend on what happens with Marshall's season. Um, or do you think that if we do end up looking for more of a forward, we should be looking for somebody, and again, no disrespect to King, but maybe somebody with a little bit more proven quality? Yeah, no, I think you've summed it up perfectly there, really. Um, I think Josh King is one that Solskjaer knew from his reserve days, um, knew he could sort of depend on him and, and has got sort of pedigree in the Premier League, obviously scored against United last season. Um, and so that's why they, they looked at it in January as a, as a kind of an immediate transfer that could be done, that could have some kind of impact. And Solskjaer knew he could trust him, um, you know, given his work with him before, was, was a good character to have around the place. I believe it has been revisited this window. Um, it's one that I think Solskjaer has, has sort of looked at and thought, could could he come in and, and do a good job? You know, Igalo, you know, it, it, he's done well, I think, certainly better than most people would have anticipated. But the last few games perhaps not quite hit those same standards. So it's one that I think he's looked at. But again, led to believe that it's not really one that the club wants to pursue. Similar to what you were saying, that ideally, I think they would want players that come in now and really are that top elite quality or have the years in them to improve. You know, obviously, Josh King, I think 28, 29. The appealing factor for him is that, from a United perspective, is that he's got one year left on his contract. So it wouldn't break the bank, really, to sign him. But um, so maybe it is one to watch just up until deadline if, if United suddenly think, actually, we could do with a, another sort of striker in the building to relieve the burden a little bit from Marshall, um, you know, being alternative to Igalo. But I just, I really like what Marshall did last season as, as a number nine. I think we can see improvements from him again and hopefully he can just, you know, stay fit and, and he can be the guy that leads the line for, for most of the season. Yeah, I agree with that one. I agree. I think Martial is developed into that number nine role nicely. Um, players seem to be thrown into the mix um, concerning Manchester United and who we should sign. Do you think that Oli is just waiting for the right players? And if he doesn't get Sancho, he just wants to wait. We've seen his recruitment and it's been fantastic so far. Yeah, it's a tough one to call really because I think he would like, uh, you know, the, the premium players in the building, but he does appreciate the realities of COVID and the fact that United are, you know, setting their stall out on Sancho and you know, not wanting to commit 120 million euro guaranteed, which is what Dorman won. There was also some issues on agent fees, which are uh, quite significant, I'm told. I think they've been resolved now. So it's now a case of uh, payment structure for, for, for between the actual clubs, which is why I'm I'm kind of holding out a bit more hope, you know, at the, at the start of the conversation when I mentioned I'm not giving up hope just yet because you sort of, you know, the, you heard nothing for a while and then actually there was some breakthrough in talks. So I, I feel like that could happen yet again. Um, it's difficult to say whether he'd, he'd like somebody else in if he doesn't, if he can't get Sancho, if he can't get another player in. I think, you know, you hear him speak and he's perhaps making the noises more so recently that he would be okay with the squad as long as that then meant that, you know, expectations in comparison to what Chelsea have done, what Liverpool have done, what Man City have done, what even Tottenham have done really, um, is, is tempered. So it's not a case of expecting United to go and be title challengers with this current squad. You know, again, it would be another year of improvement for players like Greenwood and, and Rashford and, and Marshall and Williams and, and Wan-Bissaka, hopefully, um, but at, at a pace 
that you know United are comfortable with. I mean, the only thing that concerns me is the fact they've got Champions League this season as opposed to Europa League. So whereas last season you could use the Europa League as a competition to bed in some youngsters to change it around, give squad players a go, and, and still progress, you know, up, up until the semi-finals. If you do that in the Champions League, United will get you know torn apart really by some opponents. So um, that's what concerns me. I think that will mean that the top quality players United have got will have to play more frequently. So really, you're going to need a, a sort of a second tier that are good enough to come into the Premier League and, and win matches for them, which is why Van der Beek, you know, however we want to call him, um, mm-hmm. is good in that regard because he, he will be able to step in, you know, more so really than Andres Pereira was or, you know, Jesse Lingard might be. So, um, but yeah, it's a difficult one to call. Sorry, I can't really answer that categorically. <laughs> um, I mean, two other names that seem to be in every United debate at the moment are, of course, Lindelof and Maguire. Now, I've been reading and looking at people's arguments. Some people are saying the fault 100% lies with Lindelof. Some people are saying that they'd rather actually sell Maguire and keep Lindelof and that it's all Maguire's fault. Other people are saying they're, bad, uh, they're both as bad as each other. Now, um, you mentioned in one of your articles about how kind of Rio Ferdinand and Emmanuel Vidic, how they kind of dovetailed each other and they complemented each other in such a really nice way. And that looking at Maguire, maybe he needs that same thing of somebody that can complement what he does. What do you make of this centre-back situation? And with, as you mentioned before earlier, uh, we've got so many people in this position on the books. Mm. Um, you know, what do you think the solution is? And are you Team Lindelof or Team Maguire? <laughs> well, I, ca- I came out, didn't I? I came out as sort of Team Maguire, uh, which got me some pellets from people that suggested it was an English bias that um, I didn't want to... Uh, on Twitter, it was that I didn't. I didn't want to criticise Maguire. Um, as I used to cover Leicester for uh, the Daily Mail before I moved to Athletic, and so I've seen Maguire up close. And I was, you know, from the first season, I was thinking. Well, even when he was at Hull, I was thinking United should have gone from then, really. Which is, I guess, we go back to the proactivity of the transfer market. And if they signed him for eighteen million from Hull, would he be, you know, under the same scrutiny as he is now as an eighty million pound player from Leicester? Obviously not. Uh, would he have had time to develop at United in the same way that he did at Leicester? Maybe not quite as much, but you'd think he'd still come through in the way that he has done. Um, I, I really like Maguire just for the fact of his presence around the place, um, the way he, you know, he does look a United leader, and he's, you know, I've been able to go to matches behind closed doors, been very privileged for that uh, reason, and you can hear him talk all the way through. You know, he's very much a, a guy that communicates with his back line and wants to get people in position. So I think he's not the issue. I know he, he gets criticised for his pace and, and, you know, maybe his lack of turning ability. And he has been exposed in those areas, uh, you know, occasionally. But I think if you look broader than that, he actually does. I I did a piece on his stats and I can't quite recall them off the top of my head now, but he ranks really highly for, you know, aerial headed clearances, interceptions uh, and and passing ability, which are three key, you know, pillars of why he was bought. I think his passes out uh, from the defence to start attacks are really useful uh, if you sort of look carefully enough. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of why I would say that he's the guy that should stay there. And then it's just a case of getting the right guy next to him um, that compliments it. I think Lindelof, you know, I, I, I've seen some games where he's done really well. Man City away last season. I think he, he stood up and was counted. He, he seemed really um, pumped up for that one. Um, but I don't know. I've never quite seen it, seen the kind of attraction. Um, I think he, he does have decent passing ability himself, but not really the quickest, not really the most aggressive and physical so that's what kind of made me write my piece after the Palace game where you look at the cross that he let in for the first goal and no Maguire could have cut it out. I know Luke Shaw should have been better, better position. Um, but you look at that and you also look at the 
Um, the Zahar goal where he kind of just gets brushed off really by by Zahar, which is not you know a great look at all. And I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, could you get somebody else there that would would do a good job? Um, Deo Upamakano again. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name spot on there, but the RB Leipzig um, defender who obviously starred well uh, for them in the Champions League last season. He's one that United have looked at for years. Um, almost had a deal for him, I think, when he was uh, a teenager. Um, so he is one that I think they could go for again. And he, he brings pace, uh, you know, intelligence, uh, all the qualities that you'd like. Um, so I, I wonder if they could move for him. But as you say, you need to get the defenders out in the first instance. So. I guess that's kind of how I look at the defensive um, situation for United. Ted Mengi is obviously worth a mention as well. I think he's a, a really interesting player. Solskjaer spoke about him previously and called him something special, which I think is um, <clears throat> sort of high praise, really. Um, and they just really need to manage him. He's only 18. He's, he's ahead of the game by being under 23s. And to even be around the first team picture shows um, that they, they do think really highly of him. But it'd be, I think, too much to um, to try him out, you know, <laughs> immediately as, as, as Maguire's partner. But I would, like I said before, I would like to see sort of Bailey maybe giving a, a run and, and see how he does do with, with Maguire as long as he can stay fit, because that's always been the issue with him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the um, Bailey has always been one of those players where I've always like been willing for him to just yeah. have a decent run with no injuries because I really do think there is something there and like you say with players like Mendy coming through he could be somebody because I think he's what like 26 he could Mm, be a player that we have for a couple more seasons injury depending Mm. Um, and then when he it's time for a player like Mendy to come through there's like a nice little spot there for him that's how my mind works but that's a great shot yeah football is not um, fairy tale Angelina world unfortunately (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much for asking, uh, asking, answering even those questions. Um, I'm feeling positive after this conversation. I think we're going to have a deadline day signing of Sancho. And I think Upper Meccano is going to wake up and think, you know what? I really want to go to Manchester United. And I just think it's going to happen. And I'm going to be dead positive about it. Because before this, I was feeling really sad about everything. But you've actually put me back on the positivity train. So thank you for that. I hope I've, well, that's the good thing, but I hope I've not given you too much optimism in it and you're not there, you know, October the 6th yeah. thinking, hey, you told me a right dud there. Yeah, deadline day, if these things don't happen, I, I will be looking for you to have a word. At me, yeah, <laughs> come, and, come and attack me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, like I say, thank you so much for joining us um, and hopefully we'll catch up with you again as the season progresses. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really, really enjoyed that. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Oh, that was a brilliant interview with Laurie. That was uh, really good. Like I say, I'm feeling positive. I am feeling good. Uh, right, let's crack on to our Q&A. This is where you guys leave your questions for us in the Stratford Paddock community tab. Let's see what people have been saying. First question is for you, Emma. This is from um, Fal Ramod. FM. Uh, anyway, um, if we make no more signings and with no real pre-season, what is a realistic league table finish for United? Are we now behind Tottenham and Chelsea, Tottenham and maybe even Arsenal? Oh. Do you know what? This is such a hard question because the transfer window is not finished. So it mm. is very hard to judge. Going off, the first game of the season um, and just with one signing, I think it'll be a scrappy top four again. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe relying on other teams to drop points. And I hate that. I hate that we rely on other teams to drop points for us to be a scrappy top four. 
we do have the team for it. Like I said before, we do have a good start in 11, but we are spreading ourselves thinly with cup games and we can't overplay our strongest team. With sign-ins, oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we could um, get third, close the gap a bit between Liverpool and City. Um, yeah, I'm just being optimistic on that one. Being optimistic. Yeah. Mm. Uh, next question is for you, um, Angelina. It's from Noradin Hassan. Why are we so obsessed with overpriced Sancho? How about Torre from Wolves slap 70 mil and take that? Um, I think we spoke about this a little bit in the interview. I think for me, um, not taking away from Traore, I think he's a brilliant player. Um, I would just prefer Sancho overpriced. I don't, as much as I think that they're probably asking a little bit too much, I don't necessarily think it's the most overpriced player I've ever seen in my, in all my days. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think it was always going to be. You know, you look at, you know, transfers now and how much things are costing. I know with Corona, people think that things might have changed, but I wasn't, and maybe this is just me being stupid, I'm sure someone will probably say I am, but for, for me, it, it was, I was kind of expecting those numbers that they wanted for Sancho. Yeah. I can understand why United want to drop down a little bit, 100%. Um, but yeah, so, and I think as well, like we said in the interview, um what's the point in rushing to get a player just so that we've signed a player? Yeah. Well, we don't even know if Trevor would fit in at Manchester United. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. He seems pretty settled at Wolves. I can't really see him moving. Um, so, yeah, I um, yeah, I just feel like, why are we panicking? I would rather be obsessed over Sancho that I know in my mm -hmm. heart of if we get him, he's going to absolutely change our game versus scrapping around last minute. Oh, hang on, will he come to United? Oh, yeah, we'll have him. Or, oh, oh, shall we have him? Or, oh, do you think he'll put? No. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, um, yeah. Okay, so next question. This is from Giorgos Kakampouras. Apologies if I said it wrong. So he actually had a lot of questions for us. Um, so I've picked okay. one. It's more of a statement, but as much as I love De Gea, he needs to go. We should invest in our our future on Dean Henderson, especially if the 2021 season isn't that good for David. Do you know what? De Gea isn't done yet for me. He he's got he's got some time left. Yes, Henderson is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. We've seen him against the Luton game. He made a fantastic um, save with that header. But he, you couldn't see much in that game, you know, because he didn't have much to do. So, you know, when we see a bit more of him, then, you know, I, I will judge on that. But for me right now, De Gea, he's, he's still got it in him. And we can't blame all the mistakes on De Gea. You know, the back line has been woeful. It's been vulnerable. So I think some of his mistakes come from the back line as well. And I don't think, even if we had Henderson in goal, maybe in Crystal Palace game, that he probably might have let some, some of those goals in as well because the back line was just awful and we just can't blame it all on De Gea. I agree. I'm team De Gea as well. I am. Um, next question is from SMW322. Mm -hmm. If you had to place a bet now, what happens during the rest of the transfer window? 
Oh, I don't know. If I had to put a bet on it, negative Angelina. End up with Josh King. That's what I think. <laughs> De- you know, uh, deadline day. We're all sat there watching the TV with our fingers crossed, and it's Josh King. No, hint. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I don't think we're going to sign anyone. Do you know? Really weird feeling. I think at a push, we might get Tellers at left back. I don't think we're going to get another, and I'll be fuming, and everyone will be fuming, but I just think it's such a united thing to do. <laughs> I, I just have this weird feeling. I just have this really weird feeling because there's all these rumors, but there's nothing concrete. Like, yeah. You know, like we spoke when we spoke to Glory before, like there's nothing really solid. There's all these rumours of like, yeah, we spoke to something, yeah. nothing's really going on there. And yeah, we maybe spoke to Dembele, but nothing's really going on there. And yeah, we did speak to Upper Makana at one point, but not really anymore. It's like, it's all so wishy-washy. Yeah. I ain't got time for it. And I just feel like unless something like really solid comes through. Like I say, if I was to put a bet on it, maybe say we get tell- tellers and then that'd be it. I really hope I'm wrong though. I'm terrible mm. with betting, so hopefully I'm wrong. Mm. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, well, that ends our Q&A, I think. So make sure you get your questions in next week on the community tab and we will put them in the show. And our next section is our In Defence. And this week we have Jesse Lingard. Now, Angelina, Jesse Lingard, he gets a lot of stick on social media. He can't do right for doing wrong, bless him. Mm. Um, He gets tweets um, saying he's a crap footballer. He needs to get out of the club. Do you know what? For me, against Luton Town, he was actually looking very sharp. And he he was very quick. He was finding those little pockets of space. Um, Do you know what? Out of all the players that should be leaving the club, I don't think Lingard is top of the queue for that. What, mm. what do you think, Angelina? My only thing is I agree. Lingard looked better than I expected. But I, if I was on the pitch, I should look decent against Luton. Do you know what I mean? Like, no disrespect to Luton, but it's like, if you're, a, you know, if you're Manchester United, you should be looking mm. decent. If you're looking, you know, a bit rubbish next to them. I am going to be looking at you sideways. Um, so, yeah, I think the thing with Lingard is it's it's a really difficult one because I don't dislike him and I'm not even, like, angry or anything like these horrible trolls on Twitter. I'm just disappointed for him and for the club and for the fans because everyone had such high hopes for him. And I think after that World Cup, everyone thought, this is it now. This is it. We are going to see... Lingard, like Fergie promised, he just needed to get a little bit older. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, when you're looking at you know attacking midfielders, our midfielders in general, I'd rather get rid of Pereira than Lingard, to be honest. Um, I think providing that Lingard can accept the fact that he will probably be a squad player, not a starting lineup kind of player. Yeah. Um, it's against your likes of Luton or maybe a group stage Champions League game or an FA Cup game or something early mm. round. As long as he's all right with that, and I think 
the wage packet that he's on, I think he'll be all right with that, along with his personal circumstances. I know that he supports, you know, his mum and his siblings, and I know he has a little girl. Um, so maybe he wants to stay in Manchester. When he appointed that agent, whose name was... Yeah. Don't even want to say that agent's name. Yeah. I expected him to be long gone. I'm yeah. thinking that he's going to pull a Deli Alley and end up like rumoured with PSG. Oh, that's happening, I don't even know. But yeah, you know, I was expecting some big money move for him. Even if it ended up being, I don't know, maybe the Chinese League or the NLS or I don't know. I expected something big. And I think, I don't know what's happened that you employ somebody like that and then mm. you don't really seem like you're going anywhere. Um, yeah. So I think maybe, I don't know if it's got something to do with Solskjaer because Solskjaer does seem to, obviously in front of the media, Solskjaer isn't stupid. He's not going to start slagging his players. But, um, you know, I know after the looting game, he spoke quite positively of him. So it maybe, highly of him, yeah. yeah, maybe it's just a case of, you know, it's a bit of an understanding now that, like, you know what, you can stay at Manchester, you can be on the stupid money that you're on, you can still keep living your life the way that you're living it, looking after the people closest to you, but you need to, like, respect the fact that Jay Lings isn't necessarily going to be starting against Arsenal and Millie rocking all over the place. So yeah. maybe he's come to terms with that, that maybe he has not reached the heights that we thought he would. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I just think it it is cruel. People are cruel. Um, but yeah, I just I'm just disappointed. I mean, I really hope it's a situation where he can revive himself. But I'm just thinking it's been since 2018. I'm running out of time and hope. Yeah. Um, I mean, like there is that rumored move of him going to Spurs. Um, mm. for me, if Lingard wants to keep his career in football, I. And get in the England squad again. I think he may have to move away from Manchester United to get first team football. And you know what? Maybe Spurs would be a great move for him because it is apparent that he is not going to get starting um, team football. Um, he is more like a squad player. And if we're getting squad that thin, is he even going to make the bench? You know that that that's another thing. So. If he wants football, first-team football, I think he is going to have to move away from Manchester United. But for me, out of all the players that are on the books that we need to get rid of, Lingard is one that has the most potential, I think, to keep on the books. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it is just going to be for a few games here and there. And if he's happy with that, then fair play to him. Hmm. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Lingard. But I think we can both respect that, you know, he's, He's given us some good goals over the years and if he can come through and do good again, then I'm sure we'll all be buzzing for our jailings. We'll have to wait and see. But that is the end of our podcast this week. Thank you to Laurie for joining us for that great interview. Thank you to everybody that has been listening slash watching or whatever. Um, so, yeah, don't forget to get involved in the comments. Don't forget to look out for the community tab for the Q&A. Um, yeah, give us a like, get involved, like I say, if you've got any thoughts on the stuff we've been talking about, any certain transfer names that stick out to you guys that you'd like to see at United, what you think about the Lingard situation, how you think we're going to do at Brighton, let us know your predictions. Um, so yeah, Emma, where can everyone find you? Uh, I actually have my own YouTube channel, That United Family, and you can also find me on Twitter, Emma Edgar underscore. Very good. Um, so, yes, as always with me, Angelina Kelly, 
search me if you want to follow me whatever um, so yes um like i say thank you to everybody thank you to emma hopefully we will both stay corona safe yeah our fingers crossed but yes we will be back next week thank you everyone Podcast Network.